0: Hello there. Welcome to this month's PBN Perspective. I'm Kerry McCarthy for Plant Based News. And don't forget you can keep up with all the latest as it happens on plantbasednews.org. On the way in this instalment, Slaughterhouse Big Brother. The cameras looking out for animal welfare as they're being killed. That's the strange shape of progress, I'm afraid. Eat meat or face extinction. Expert health advice that doesn't sound like propaganda at all and German government in discord after meters banned at official functions. A new reality show could be hitting our screens, although if it actually did, it would be more depressing than the East Enders omnibus. Okay, that isn't quite the story. Officials in France have passed a bill ordering the installation of cameras in all slaughterhouses across the country. And of course, it's not for broadcast, but for monitoring purposes. Cameras will be placed in areas where animals are moved, held, immobilized, and killed to reduce the risk of cruelty to them while they're being executed. So, you know, very confusing news there because anything that improves animal welfare on farms is desirable, but at the same time, welfare and slaughter, they don't work as a team, you know. Is this a good thing because it means the needs of the voiceless are finally being recognized instead of just ignored? Or will it be like the grass-fed phenomenon where meat-eaters feel even more justified in continuing with the slaughter because, oh, if it's captured on film, it must be entirely humane. What it does at least show is the progress being made by animal rights groups like L214, whose undercover investigations contributed to these changes taking place. People who saw the footage they gathered were apparently shocked. In fact, there have been quite a few of these exposés in recent weeks across the world. The BBC put out a report this month on the appalling conditions uncovered by Viva campaigns at a Somerset pig farm. These fattening pigs, as they're called, were living like this. Um, This isn't unusual. Animals both dead and alive, lying in excrement. According to a report in the Daily Mail, the slurry from this farm is also being used to create so-called green energy by power company Good Energy. Meanwhile, over in America, an ABC report into cage-free eggs, which again, sound like they'd be less cruel, um, also exposed the grim reality of commonplace conditions for farms in America. Nothing we see in either of these documentaries is illegal. This is what we voted for with our purchases. Now, of course, do people know what they're voting for with the food they buy? That's an interesting question. We know that companies like these exploit animals because that's what farming unapologetically is. But the degree to which industry is exploiting the consumer when it sells them things that if they researched, many wouldn't agree with, just shows you, in a way, buyers are also being farmed, just as cynically as the pig, the cow and the sheep. The very label consumers positions people as the last animal in the money-making chain. So if I was Donald Trump tweeting this entire story in a series of 3 a.m. expostulations, it would have to end with a simple not good or something suitable. Horrible business. Not good. Rosie O'Donnell needs to apologize immediately you'd probably find a way of bringing her into it. I actually think they ought to look at her whole life and see where she's coming from because I think she's got some very deep-seated problems. Talking of Trump, just as we're seeing social media and investigative reporting providing these increased opportunities for transparency, one of the first things the Trump administration did as soon as he got into power was to have the US Department of Agriculture remove inspection reports and other information from its website. And this used to make clear how zoos, research labs and so on have been treating animals. Now it's not there anymore. Anyone trying to find out a company's track record, you know, even if you're going to buy a pet and you want to find out about the vendor, that will have to be accessed through a Freedom of Information Act request, which can take years to be approved. So it's very likely from here on, animal rights are going to be taken less seriously. Furthermore, it was also reported that the USDA's principal scientific research arm was told they couldn't share any of their work on public platforms anymore, including social media. They can still obviously share their findings in public journals, so they will be accessible. But day to day, again, that does reduce transparency. So what's it about? I mean, some will say that it's a stand against potential fake news. You know, people misinterpreting what they're seeing on informal platforms like Twitter. To others, though, it does look like an attempt to reduce governmental accountability and make companies less prone to having to answer to American citizens, which is why there's a growing need for activism to expose practices that already consumers are unknowingly paying for. We don't know if this removal of information from the USDA website is temporary or permanent. We'll let you know when there's an update. Now, I have zero political inclination, so I'm really just talking about this one move in isolation and the fact that, you know, whoever had brought it in, it is arguably placing the needs of industry over ethics, and it's very important that we uh, fight against that. Because if we don't, we'll also come out the victims of it. Already, our entire culture, our cities, our work days, our education, um, it's all set up to fuel the economy first and humanity as a secondary enterprise, you know. But what seems to separate us from the other animals isn't the ease with which we can work well. A lot of animals are incredibly busy, like we are, but rather it's our capacity for empathy, creativity, and virtue. So an economy that's bolstered over time by a rise in ethical companies seems to me the best way forward. So look, here's a PBN appeal. Can we think of a way between us to improve this reduced transparency in America since it's going to come down to what we can do together via the internet? And that does allow us to work as one global team on many projects. Would it be legally possible for us to create a similar database of records using information requests that have been acquired between us? Any ideas as to public forums like this that may already exist or how we might go about creating one together would be hugely appreciated. Leave your comments in the comments. Uh, Clumsy. Now, if virtue and empathy doesn't inspire you to be plant-based, why not try vegan activism in order to be liked by more chicks, the feathered and non-feathered ones alike, I'm sure. Peter recently tried this as a social experiment. They put two almost identical dating profiles on Tinder, with Attractive Imaginary Pete here sporting a vegan t-shirt in one, and in his other profile, he was wearing a bacon t-shirt. Guess who got double the amount of right swipes, ladies and gentlemen? Vegan Pete! So at last, the conclusive proof we've been after that we vegans are just more attractive people, I've been saying that for years. I haven't seen Imaginary Pete's two profiles, but the other pictures that were tailored on each to be either vegan or bacon-centric were things like Pete in a supermarket buying the appropriate fare and Pete at the beach with his pet dog or fishing. So twice as many people said, yes, I am attracted to you. And no, this was not just Australia. They also did a similar experiment in the UK. This time, they also used the same guy, but different pictures. The results, though, were the same. Twice as many swipe rights, twice as many yeses. For the vegan guy. So, you know, you, you come across a man on Tinder whose life is about Sainsbury's and walking the dog, and it's kind of a wonder you got any right swipes at all, isn't it? It just shows you what a vegan t-shirt can do for you. Obviously, imaginary Pete and I would have a hell of a lot in common. I'd see his profile and be like, Well, this is a man whose life is as dull as my own. All he needs now is a row of pictures on the London Underground and waiting in a post office queue and I'd swear we were soulmates. Yeah, this isn't exactly peer-reviewed literature, but twice as many swipes is significant. And the most interesting part to me is how the pictures, at least in the Australian experiment, were exactly the same. So it wasn't a difference in how this person looked, it was a difference in the philosophy that they portrayed. You're not doing it right. Yes, I am. I'm eating five a day. That ain't good enough. It should be ten. Arguments like these could be heard across Britain last week as it emerged that ten a day, in terms of fruits and vegetables, might be better than five. Oh, thanks, Colombo. I don't suppose the whole primate thing was an early giveaway, was it? If you're plant-based already, you're probably equally as snarky about the findings because cramming in fruit-based carbs has been an unwritten competitive sport in the world of vegan for the best part of a decade. Where in the wild... Apes assert their dominance through physical confrontations. Vegans have always established social hierarchies through the competitive consumption of bananas. And I think everyone's aware of that. But it turns out the joke is on everyone else because what we've been doing is damn healthy. Look at the stats. Studies led by Imperial College London show that eating up to 800 grams of fruit and vegetables a day, which is frankly for (laughs) lightweights, right guys? Um, has been associated with a 24% reduced risk of heart disease, a 33% reduced risk of stroke, a 13% reduced risk of total cancer, and overall a reduction of nearly a third in premature deaths. So you would think, wouldn't you, that this would immediately send everyone flocking to the greengrocers that no longer exist. But this being Britain... We've chosen the path of most resistance. So no sooner was this report published that The Guardian tried to stamp out all joy with an article from Kathleen Kerridge where she said, it does seem like a good idea. It seemed to me good at first, but then I realized it was going to be another thing like buying free range organic or only buying ethically sound clothing that will only serve to make the poor feel guilty, again, less than good enough. Well if you're buying less meat in order to buy more fruit and veg, the maths mysteriously balances out. But okay, snark bypass for a moment. Um, It depends on how you've been eating before. And I think if if you've been eating high-quality meat before and you're swapping for produce you'd probably save money because meat is damned expensive unless you're getting the heavily processed 50% sawdust stuff. But there are some incredibly cheap staples for plant-based diets. These huge bags of rice, you can get oats, beans, lentils. They're so much cheaper than meat as constituents of vegan and vegetarian meals. Many supermarkets now also have special deals on the less cosmetically perfect apples and you know, peppers and carrots, which aren't even aesthetically hilarious. They are just slightly the wrong size and stuff like that. So that's a great new trend that people should look out for if they're on a budget. Bananas are, you know, between 10p and 30p um, at the time of this report. That's highly unscientific. But, you know, I do keep track of the prices of bananas. And in early 2017, they're around there. So Kathleen says she would like to make her kids a smoothie every morning but can't afford to. Well, actually, um, actually, Kathleen, two to five bananas, depending on how competitive uh, your kids are at um, consuming them, with a bit of water, some ice, a dash of cocoa powder, that's a chocolate smoothie that's 100% natural. Depending on the quantity you're using, you're looking at between 30p and pound sixty. You know, it, it can be really good. For people on a budget, frozen produce, canned produce, misshapen produce, produce at the end of the day when supermarkets cut their prices and produce you grow yourself. Even if you're not a perma supermom allotment monster from Highgate, you can still use the scraps of old vegetables to grow new ones in the home for a few days later. You can't do that with the side of mutton. Any more attempts this month from the media to stop people eating the natural diet for primates? Yes, of course there have been. And this is a big one, okay? Bad news for vegetarians. If you want grandchildren, make sure you eat meat, study finds. And this from the mail seems to me like fake news. Hang on a minute, what's this? An email from uh, the newspaper. You can't legally call this fake news without researching it. We're calling your story fake news, PBN. Okay, well, I'm just sending one back. You can't call me a fake newser. When for all you know, I have done my research. Rendering your previous email fake news mate. Send. And that was quick. You can't accuse us of dissembling when, for all you know, we've had a team of reporters monitoring your web browser in the internet cafe for the past 90 days and are fully apprised of your research, or in this case, lack of it. We're calling you out. PBN fake news scandal will be on the front page tomorrow. As I say, the Daily Mail have a story, which I guess you'll just have to judge for yourself. Um, See what you think of this. New research suggests that a lack of meat in a father's diet could massively impact their children's fertility. Impact upon? For God's sake. Get your grammar right. Common misconception that impacts a verb. In a study on fruit flies, scientists found skipping out on protein can damage their offspring's chances of conceiving. Oh, I see. So it's actually nothing to do with meat. It's about protein, which we've established is adequately provided by a vegan diet, case closed. And yet this article persists. The animals, which are believed to be similar to humans, really, were either raised on a high-protein diet or a low one. Well, I wasn't aware that fruit flies were our genetic cousins. Why have I never heard this before? I've been modeling my life on other people, and have completely overlooked these crucial role models. In their reproductive process, a female fly will mate with several males in the space of just a few hours. I should never have waved away all those construction workers. So again, this has nothing to do with vegetarians or meat eaters. It's about protein deficiency (laughs) in fruit flies. But can you imagine that at the press meeting? <laughs> you know, What's everyone got as a story today? Oh, Trump's ordered everyone to go around wearing name tags so that America becomes a friendlier place. Great. We'll put it on the front page. Sir, I've got a story about protein deficiency in, in fruit flies. Apparently, if you starve them, it, it's really not good for them. It just doesn't work as front page material. So it's no wonder they had to change it to something a bit... You know, eat meat if you want to have fertile descendants. I hope somebody's emailed India about this because they eat far less protein than we do in the West. And if they're not careful, they're just going to run out of people. Africa too. Although, weirdly, the birth rate seems higher in parts of Africa where they eat the least protein. How are they doing this? China eat a good 20 to 25 grams less than we eat in Britain per day. And sure enough... They're down to their last 1.3 billion. (laughs) So thanks, Daily Mail, for this hit piece with added soy hatred box thrown in for good measure. But if you look at the birth rate and meat consumption, the stats don't stack up. It was really quite a silly story, wasn't it? What the Daily Mail doesn't understand is that everyone, no matter who they are, is going to be boarding the vegan train destination Greatsville, Even the meat mongers appear to be going our way. Last year, Tyson Foods, one of the biggest meat producers in America, surprised us all by investing in Beyond Meat, that company who make veggie burgers that are apparently indistinguishable from actual burgers. So now a major Canadian packaged meats company, Maple Leaf Foods, has acquired Light Life Foods, who produce meat substitutes as well. And this deal, for around $140 million, is going to be finalized in March, according to PR Newswire. Michael McCain, president and CEO of Maple Leaf Foods, said consumers are increasingly looking to diversify their protein consumption, including plant-based options. Not if you read the Daily Mail, they're not... and. So as I was saying with the Trump thing, you know, sustainability isn't the enemy of industry. Vegan business is where the smart money's going to go. You know, it's a growing market that is going to continue at the expense of meat products, which is why these companies who rely on sales of meat are aware they have to diversify. So very encouraging news there. And let's finish on another positive story, shall we? Veggies sparked outrage in Germany this month when it came to light that Angela Merkel's government had ordered only vegetarian food to be served at official government functions. Environment Minister Barbara Hendricks claims eating meat is damaging to the environment. Well, she's not claiming it. This has been shown. And in an email from... I don't know why I'm angry at myself. um, In an email from a senior civil servant to department heads it was stated the ministry has a duty to mitigate against the negative effects of meat consumption and has to set an example. It stated that animal agriculture accounts for a significant proportion of greenhouse gas emissions and obviously all of us are going to have to do something at some point. Now, Germany is obviously a meat-eating culture famed for sauerbräuten, schnitzel and bratwurst, which may be three words I've unwittingly made up there, but the point is... This idea has its detractors. Rival minister Christian Schmidt accused Hendricks of nanny statism and said, I'm not having this veggie day through the back door, which I don't think she was suggesting at all. It sounds incredibly painful. But in fact, this is an instance where the no-nonsense German approach to life is really very admirable. The stats are clear. Animal agriculture is a staggeringly destructive force on the planet. It's quite simply unsustainable. If you haven't already seen it, watch Cowspiracy, an incredible documentary that exposes just how unbelievable the situation is and how we should have dealt with it, you know, several decades ago. And so Hendrix has simply said, we've seen the evidence, we'll do something about it. And... Let's watch and see what happens because to a British person, that seems way, way too easy. Where's the two-year application process? Where's the paperwork? The Lord's debate, the crushing scorn of the Guardian and capitalized caterwauling of the mail. Not in Germany, they're just TCB bros taking care of business. Long may it continue, we'll keep you updated. And on that positive note, that's it for this month's PBN Perspective. Post your comments below. Tell us if you see any stories you think we should be covering. And don't forget, keep up with all the latest on plantbasednews.org. I'm Kerry McCarthy, and I'll see you next time.